Hola sobrinos, it's your favorite auntie, Tia Maria. This is the Café y Consejos podcast. Each week, I sit for a cup of coffee with a new guest as we talk coffee and anything and everything under the umbrella, and maybe even a little chicme. So grab a cup and let's chat. So in this week's episode, I have a cup of coffee with Raquel Sid, a career coach in the tech industry, as we discuss a message I received from Sobrina, struggling how to respond to the salary question. Thank you, Raquel, for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I know uh, we've talked about this topics uh, several times in the past and um you know, we had, I had this question here um, from a listener, so I'm excited to have you. This is a, something that I struggle with myself as well, but do you have your coffee? Yes, I do. I have my cafe here. <laughs> awesome. I can drink coffee, but here for, you know, for your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Girl, yes, this is exactly what I'm having. So I'm having um, Cafe Butel, and what I did today was... Um, I took, because I drink non-dairy milk, so I have almond milk and crema de coco. So I, you know, I heated it up in the olla and I made it nice and frothy. So I have that. It's a little, you know, a little cinnamon on top, just to be fancy, because, you know. I love cinnamon. I'm actually more of a tea drinker. Some cinnamon in there, like I love that, just to spice it up. Yeah, I love that. I like I like apple cinnamon tea. I've had that. That's really good. Yeah, I like that or chai tea, peppermint. Oh, it's like oh, an yes. experience. <laughs> yeah. Anything with caffeine, I guess you can give me <laughs> for sure. But um, this week's ep- uh, message came to me from a listener in Denver, and it's from Sofia. And Sophia says, hola tia, I've recently been going back on the job hunt, uh, not job hunt market, and have been wondering if you have any insights into answering the question, what kind of salary are you looking for during job interviews? This question makes me so uncomfortable. I legit hate it because I don't want to come across as greedy, but I also don't want to lowball myself. And I know exactly how that feels because I myself hate that question like I dread it when I'm doing job interviews and I know I probably lowballed myself a lot in the past because I don't want to come off as greedy just like Sophia so I definitely understand that um, but from my experience so I have also a side business that I, I do and I officiate weddings. And this one time this agent called me, she was trying to get me to advertise my business on, you know, on her website. And she asked me what I was charging my clients. So I'm like, oh, you know, anything from like whatever they want to give me to maybe a hundred dollars. Like I, I was like, I'm new to this. I have no idea what I'm doing. So she, the, one of the things that she told me, she said was, I'm going to, don't be afraid to ask what you feel you're worth. The right person will pay you exactly that. Um, I feel like that's kind of the way we have to answer that question, but no one really trains you exactly how to answer that question. So being you are like my little coaching guru with business and, you know, careers, what what do you tell people? Yes. And, you know, it's 
one of the most dreaded questions from everyone that I've connected with. Um, this is one thing I, I'll say is, well, I'll say a lot of things in a bit, but one of the things I'll say is whoever shares the first number loses. So put that in your mind. And the reason is because when you're job searching, there's already so much mystery to the entire process and it really gets you with your confidence. And so if you can just take one thing from our entire conversation today is whoever says the first number loses. And so what I mean by that is you're gonna be asked that question at some point in the interview process. And the way that kind of society has structured the job search process, it's taboo for you as a candidate to ask you know, about salary and you have to wait until the employer asks you. And so you can rest assured that at some point that, that will come up if you do get an offer. And so the way that I recommend, there's a lot of different ways and you can kind of cater it to you. But the way that I have found success for myself and I coach my candidates is, this is kind of like the way that you can answer it, which is when you ask the question, usually a recruiter or hiring manager will say, Hey, like, what is your salary expectation? And usually we want to answer and give a number. However, what I recommend is try not to give a number. So the way that you can answer it is by saying something along the lines mm. of what's most important for me is and insert what's most important for you. So let's, an example could be what's most important for me is company fit and role alignment. I'm curious, what budget do you have allotted for this role? That's it silence hmm. and the recruiter will usually answer one of two ways which is oh great question this is what our budget is is that in alignment with your expectations and then you know you might be surprised that you were about to undervalue yourself and they just told you a completely higher number and right. day, and oftentimes you'll see that the recruiter will answer because they want to remain competitive too so what they might say to you is actually, we're not sure yet. We're figuring that out. Um, and at that point, and, and so what they might say to you is we're still figuring this out. Do you have a range in mind? And then at that point, you can share a number, but always try to get a number first. And so what I recommend when you're interviewing, you don't know if they're going to ask you this question in the first, the first interview, the second or the third. And so what you, what I recommend that you do is have three numbers in mind. So have the number that you're like, this is like, this would be a stretch. Like, wow, this would be, you know, and, and do your research. Don't just come up with this number out of thin air, but <laughs> do your research. And, and the thing is when you do your research, a lot of times it's not accurate, sadly, like salary isn't really spoken about. Um, so what I recommend is you find a number on Glassdoor, Indeed Salary, LinkedIn, like find a number and like add 10,000 to that number. And then yeah. that's like your stretch number. So, and then the second number I want you to come up with is a number that's, that you would feel comfortable like with that number. And you're like, okay, I, when I look at my lifestyle and what I, I know about this role, this is a number I would feel comfortable with. And then think of like, what's the absolute lowest that if anything below that you wouldn't accept. That way, if once you're in the conversation with a recruiter, you're not kind of like reaching out to the air and saying a number. It's like you already have like three numbers in mind. Try to get them to tell you the number first. And then if they kind of give you uh, pushback, at that point, you can share that stretch number. And so, as I mentioned, like, let's say you add 10,000 to that. Um, there is an actual and, you know, fear that you might outprice yourself. Mm -hmm. So it's all about how you say it. So, and, and if, if this is true as well. 
So you could say, let's say at that point, the recruiter is like, you know, we're not sure, please let me know like what range you have in mind. At that point, you could share the number and say, so let's say the number you're targeting is $60,000 a year. You can say, um, you know, as I mentioned, what's most important for me is company and, and role fit. Um, you know, based on my current, on my experience and, and my current role, I'm, I'm targeting about $60,000. However, I'm flexible because what's most important to me is X, Y, Z. So you just want to say that you are flexible just in case, just in case you're outpricing yourself. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of, you know, you're not saying, um, but only say that if it's true. Um, you know, because right. you don't, you don't want to waste their time. You don't want to waste your time. Um, but yeah, but that's how I approach the salary question. I've personally done it and I tell all my clients to use this approach. That's very interesting you say that because when I took uh, this agent's advice and I started testing it out with future clients and I would say a number, like for example, I would say 250 and then I would get another possible client and I would give them the highest amount and all of a sudden, like they were paying that. And then I would find people that, oh no, that's too much for me. They would just not never contact me again. But then there were the ones that were like, Well, yeah, we really like you. We feel like this is a good fit. Here's take my money, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so um it's I like that you said that. Um what if they don't take, you know, they don't offer you what you ask or if they're unable to offer you what you ask uh then what happens i know some companies don't even bother returning the phone call but what about the ones that actually do and say you know we're unable to meet you we can only give you this yeah yeah that's a great question and and i think like when you're starting a job search you should always on if you're into journaling journal, um, take notes on like, like for me, like I, I have a Google doc, um, as I'm like going into my job search. And so I, I, I really recommend that you reflect holistically, like what is it that you're looking for in your next opportunity? Like, why are you looking for a job? Is it because maybe you were laid off and you just need a job and you need a job to pay the bills right. or is it that you're making a, a career change? Like, you know, kind of review your situation holistically. And then based on that, you should ask yourself, like, what is most important to me? Because for some people, they don't mind taking a pay cut if it means that they're going to be in a role that they're happier and more fulfilled in and they have more autonomy, flexibility. So I think it's very dependent on your situation. And and that's why it's very important that you're like intentional if you can with your job search. And, And I say if you can, because especially with the with 2020, a lot of people right. have lost their jobs and, and not everyone can be as intentional, but even someone who's lost their job and is a predicament, maybe you're like quick to just grab another job, but you could be intentional for that next job because the best time to look for a job is when you are employed and, and then you're not kind of in that rush. Um, but yeah, but to answer your question, like really think about holistically what matters to you. And if salary is the most important thing, then it's up to you. And at that point you can say, you know, Hey, I really appreciate the time you've taken to interview me so far. However, this is not in alignment with my current situation. That's very true. And I think um, people should also maybe if, you know, financially, like you said, if they're able to um, 
not be afraid of accepting that offer, even though it's not the number, the exact number that you want, or if it's below. Um, because from my experience, this is what I've had. I, you know, was not happy with that number, but I did need a job. But I, so what I did was I looked at that as an opportunity for, to gain experience that would give me that leverage in the next opportunity to actually get that salary that I wanted. Um, yeah. You know, so, you know, you just kind of have to figure out what you feel is best and use it to your, your advantage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and actually, if, if you don't mind, I'd love to share like a personal story. No, please do. Uh, yeah, we're like, here with this. We're here for stories. We share stories here. <laughs> um, so the reason why I'm really like, I really want you to like the number one takeaway today truly is like whoever says the first number loses. And it's not like you're really losing, but I just, there's a lot of fears that come up and, and why people want to give a number. Um, mm -hmm. But so when I graduated from my master's program, um, I went to work at this tech company and I, I was working at Indeed. And so I was making X amount, right? And when I left and I was interviewing in other places, I, I was saying like, I was saying my expectations. Um, I was saying a number. And one of my cousins actually told me to not say a number and have them say the number first, like a recruiter. So then I, I was right. really nervous, but I tried that strategy. And so what's crazy is that the next job that I got, I tried that strategy. I didn't know at the time I was going to get that job offer, but they asked me my salary expectations. And I said, what's most important to me is company culture and role fit. Um, you know, what budget do you have allotted? And they told me their budget. Right. And what's crazy is, and I'll be trying, actually in the spirit of transparency, because a lot of people don't share salaries. So when I was working at Indeed and that was my first job, like out of grad school, um, I started off at, um, I believe it was like 47,000 a year. And then I got promoted. And at that point it was uh, 55,000 a year. Mm -hmm. So then for my next opportunity, I was like, okay, if I get something $60,000, like that will be great. Like, oh my gosh. So, um, but I thought in my mind, I was like, oh, that's a stretch. Like, how are you going to get that? Because I didn't have the, that's when I was getting into coaching and I didn't have the coaching experience yet. So I was like, how are you going to get this? Like, you know, that's a stretch, but you know, mm -hmm. so in that, for my next role, I, um, I didn't, I let them tell me the budget and I actually got an offer of 65 K and it's crazy because had I shared 60,000, I wasn't even going to sound confident saying it because I didn't believe that right. I was worth that. And had I said that, like they could have very easily just offered me $60,000. Oh Yeah. And what's wild is that, you know, I got an offer at 65K and then three months into the job, they actually bumped me to 70K because um, essentially um, some people had quit when I had joined. And so I took on more responsibility. And then mm -hmm. um, I guess any kind of um, doubts about me not having the coaching experience, I kind of made up. And so, yeah, I got that raise um, a couple of months in and, and I was just like in shock because at the time that seemed like such a high salary to me. And I was like this close to just perhaps being lowballed. I mean, the right company will give you what you deserve. However, right. that is not always the case. And so no, by yeah. you not sharing that number, because what happens is when you share the number, 
you could have been in a company that really was undervaluing you and you had no idea. And then you go on Glassdoor and a lot of us don't really leave our actual salaries on there. And then it's like taboo, I would say in our culture as well to talk about salary. And so then here you are, you don't even know what's the average. And then you low about, and then like you go to another company and you give a low number because that's what you were making before. And you're like, well, I should only get a 5K more raise. And it's like, just try not to share the number. Let them tell you. And if they can cannot do what I said, research, compile the numbers, take the average, add 10,000 to that number, say it and you know, say it with confidence, but also say that obviously you're looking at everything holistically. What are, I mean, I, I, it's, it's so true because I love how you said that when you took on extra responsibilities that they saw that and they, you know, up to your salary. So that it just reminded me, um, it brought a thought into my mind how I've seen people complain and say, oh, you know, that's not my job. I'm not taking on these new responsibilities, but there is still an advantage to that taking on those responsibilities because that's something that you can use whether it comes to, you know, your evaluation time or now you maybe you want, you know, want a promotion or an increase and you have that leverage uh, to put on the table, say, hey, I've been doing X, Y, and Z. This is how much I deserve. You know, you can bring that into the conversation with uh, your company. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I do, I love how you, uh, I love that. And it's just so true. And how, what are the sure signs? Um, maybe, you know, when companies don't value or companies are undervaluing uh, employees, what, what are the like major signs that you've seen when it comes to salary? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. And so let's see, signs that they're undervaluing and, and, and just to be clear, is it where when you're working there or signs they're undervaluing as you observing as someone who's interviewing to work at a company? Yeah, I think it, during interviewing, yeah. I think during interviewing that for me, that's like the most important part to kind of see the red flags ahead of time before you get in and then realize it. Um, yeah. Because I have seen people have that experience where they'll take the job and then once they've landed the job and they start working it, they realize, oh my gosh, I'm totally being undervalued. I'm being underpaid. Um, And then it gets really frustrating. Then now you have an unhappy employee and it's just a mess all around. So what are the, are, you know, do you think, or what are the signs to that? Yeah. Okay. So one of my favorite questions to ask as I'm interviewing is, asking so this is why it's important for you to prep before interviews in a way that's intentional and speaks to what's important to you because you can go online and look up top interview questions to ask however you only really have time left over usually for like at maximum five questions so you don't want to just go off like from what what the internet says so like you want to think about what's important to me so for you you're like okay um salary is important then definitely you want to research and see what is there on Glassdoor about this company, what is there just in general around this company and this position, this title, and what you know. And 
um, you could also, as you're going, let's, as you're going to search for jobs, you could actually reach out to people that you know, or maybe you don't know on LinkedIn and say, hey, I'm actually transitioning to the X industry, or I'm, I'm actually exploring the same job title as you. I'm, and, you know, and introduce yourself and say, you know, I'd like to ask a bit of a forward question. Um, however, can you, you know, would you feel comfortable let me know what range I can expect in this industry. Because like, if you're completely new, you might have no idea. And you're not really asking them, like, how much do you make? And it's like, they don't know you. And it's like, who is this person? You're just asking, you know, can you provide me with a range of what I can expect? Um, and so like, that's a way that you could do that, right? And then that way, when you're interviewing and, and, and you're told a salary number, like you can know, okay, are they above or below market? Um, However, you know, you might not get a response as quickly, right? And, and some people are not applying to the same job title. So this might not be possible for everyone. So what you can do is when you're interviewing is a question that I love to ask is, because um, company culture is important to me. So what I ask is, instead Absolutely. of saying, hey, can you describe company culture? Because usually people will give you a, a, like a cookie cutter answer. Yes, so always. Ask, We're a family, teamwork. Don't even ask that question. <laughs> like, don't but instead what you can ask is um you know hey can you um in what ways i'd love to hear from your perspective in what ways do you feel supported would you be able to provide me some examples and like that way like you just put them on the spot like they you're asking for some examples and, and again yeah. watch your tone don't be like can you give me examples like watch your yeah. tone <laughs> but right. um that's the question i often ask is just can you provide me with, um, you know, in what ways do you feel supported? Like, I've noticed you've been, you know, from my research about you, um, I noticed you've been here for about five years. I'd love to hear from someone who's been here for that long. Like, in what ways do you feel supported? And that way, it's like you're asking specifically. So that could give you an idea of how they value their employees, because some of the potential answers might be, let's say it was, um, you know, during COVID, right, that you were interviewing, they might say, you know, some of the ways that I feel supported here is that the company actually had a monthly stipend where we got to use it for mental health. Like a company that does that, like they do value their employees. They don't have to do that. So that, that's yeah. already like a great sign. Another, another recruiter might say, um, we have, um, you know, unlimited PTO with a minimum set of days that you should be taking, right? Because a lot of companies have unlimited, P well, a lot of tech companies, I, I realize I'm speaking more for tech companies, they have unlimited PTO, but a company that will stand out to me is one that has a set amount because there's actually research that there are people who work at a company with unlimited PTO take less time off than people who have a set amount of days. And so- Very true. So, the, the, so those are, so essentially it's like, what's important to you? What are like, what are your non-negotiables for your next job? And then ask questions around that. And in terms of how can you tell if a company is undervaluing is do your research in, in terms of what's the market pay for the role that you're interviewing for? How does it match up with what they're telling you? And then also are they respond like, how much notice are they giving you before an interview? Like if they're literally giving you a couple of hours before and expecting you to like um, make time for that interview, like the, it happens. There's a lot of things going on in recruiting, but like, how are they messaging you? Hey, I'm so sorry. I, I realize it's a short notice. Are you available in two hours? Right? Like if they're just like, are you available? Like 
this time and and they're not kind of apologetic in in the sense of you know um that it is short notice like that's a flag um are they are they messaging like okay so let's say for you it's important to not work after you know 7 p.m is the company are you realizing you're getting emails you know past 8 p.m or 7 p.m and so like little things like that kind of give you an idea of the work culture and can give you an idea um, how they value their employees um, and and there's nothing wrong with that if the industry calls for it and you're kind of in a role that is like that but just some things to look out for it's like the interview process itself is an interview like you're interviewing the company um but yeah but that's what i would say in terms of like how can you view if they're or find out if they are undervaluing is what's that salary information you're kind of finding online what are the reviews saying and then in the interview process what does the interaction look like between you and the interviewer mm -hmm. i love it that you know it's very interesting you said that because it reminded me of a friend and i won't say what company she um was with but she was working at a company and she decided to move on to another company for a better position that she you know she really wanted but she left on good terms with that with her previous company and this company they have what they called was a release bonus which is that you know a bonus that they provide to employees who you know leave the company on good terms with them it's just like a gift like okay pay me to leave like <laughs> You know, so I, that it reminded me of, you know, I was like, wow, they really valued, valued you so much that they decided to give you this bonus, even though you were the ones to say you resign, you're moving on to something different and better. Yeah. yeah. Right. No, that I, I had not, I had not heard about the closest I heard to that is when companies, um, there are some companies that will offer like free um, job search guidance, like they'll pair you with like a career coach or something that that's the closest that I've heard to that. That's pretty yeah. Cool. And yeah, yeah. that company that is valuing their employees. Absolutely. Well, yeah. this was the great, I feel like you've coached me. <laughs> um, but tell everyone a little bit more about what you do. Uh, so if they do need a career coach, they know who to reach out to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and one thing I want to add to is every company is different so some companies just might not have the funding or budget to do some of these things at these larger companies um and so you want to really look at companies individually because some companies won't be able to kind of offer like what i mentioned like the stipend uh, around um you know mental health or gym membership right. like that so it's like what you know you want to also be realistic in terms of like if the company is super super new then the budget is kind of tight and they might offer they, you know they might show their values in other ways so something to keep in mind is just you always want to review every company holistically uh, but but yeah so if you have any questions regarding her like just job search strategy you're overwhelmed with the process um essentially what i specialize in um, I'm a career coach for underrepresented men and women who want to work in tech. And I, as I mentioned, I have over five years of experience in the tech industry. I started off my career at Indeed. Then I went over to a job search like marketplace and then over to a hiring platform, a, a career management platform. And so I've placed over 290 candidates at, at top tech companies like Disney, Amazon, Facebook, and 
for me, my biggest goal is I want to demystify the job search process. There's just so much mystery. I've worked with employers and candidates and even for employers, there's a lot of mystery around what candidates want and how to find qualified talent. And so for me, I really want to demystify the process because I feel like a lot of people are lost when they're looking for a job and it's overwhelming and it really tests your confidence. And so I really focus on providing you like an actionable playbook. It's like no fluff, like here's what you got to do, when you got to do it. And my goal is that you don't need me. It's like forever, you'll know how to job search. And for many, or for the majority of people, you are not just going to have one job. You're going to have multiple jobs through your career. And so if you can have a repeatable playbook, it's not going to be as stressful and you could actually land the job you love versus just accepting a job. Awesome. I wish I had you when I was started in my job search set, like, I don't know, 17, I started working at 16. I wish I had this type of coaching because I'm thinking about myself looking for jobs as a young kid. I was like, I had no idea um, what I was doing. Even in the interviewing process, I'm sure my interviews were like horrible. And uh, like I said, in my previous um, experience, I have realized I've lowballed myself in the past. So yeah, yeah absolutely. So um, where can everyone uh, find you? Instagram, Facebook? Yes, you can find me on Instagram, Raquel Sid M. And Sid is with the C, so it's Raquel C-I-D-M. Um, and then you can also email me at RaquelSidM at gmail.com. And yeah, I'm happy to answer any questions around just job search strategy. I'm working on a couple of freebies. And, and so um, I'm excited to just share that and just essentially, again, demystify the process because it's, there's a lot of mystery. And like, and I wish I had myself when I was searching like before, like now that I'm like equipped, I'm like, oh my gosh, like it's just, um, there's a lot of what I've noticed and what kind of caused me to want to demystify the process is a lot of people kind of winning in the space is because they have the right connections at the right companies, but not all of us mm -hmm. have that. And so like, yeah. how do you get in without having those connections? Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally agree. Well, thank you so much for being here. This was amazing. I can't wait to have you back for more. So um, thank you, Raquel, for being here. And thank you everyone for listening until next time. All right, let's move on to the tarot message of the week. Okay, so this week's tarot card for the tarot message of the week is the Eight of Pipes, and this is the Smoke Signals card. And I'll, again, I'll have the picture of it on my Instagram. So this week, they're telling you, the cards are telling you, self-confidence is needed when you're exploring either new things, new environments, Maybe you're taking on new responsibilities. Maybe it's even a new job, a new relationship. But the message here is to pay attention to the messages. Remember, beware means to be aware. Be aware of the people you keep, of the company you keep. Be aware of the energies that are around you, what they're saying, what they're not saying. So that is the message of the week. Thank you so much for listening, Sobrinos. Please remember to follow on Instagram and Facebook at Café y Consejos Podcast. Every Saturday, I host a free meditation session on Instagram Live, so make sure to check out for that. You can also buy a Tia a cup of coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash Tia Maria. And as always, remember, 
Yeah, loves you. Siempre pa'lante. Y ponte a ti bien.